Good evening. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, snuggle up, turn out your lights, something else I forgot, and press play on the podcast. Might be brush your teeth or let, you know, if you have an animal, let them out to go to the bathroom. Make sure the oven's off, that's always important. Or whatever, just do that stuff, get in bed, press play on this podcast, and we'll do the rest. Now, the way the podcast works is we create a safe place via bedtime story where you can put aside any thoughts or worries that are keeping you up. And as you're distracted from that, you're going to slowly drift off into dreamland. And the reason you're going to do that is because the story gets a little bit more and more boring as it goes along. So that's how it works. Turn on the podcast, and hopefully I help you fall asleep. If this is your first time here, I hope it helps you. If if you're here and you suffer from sleep difficulty, I hope this podcast helps. That's the whole idea behind it. You can find us on the web at www.sleepwithmepod... Man, mouth noise city. On the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. On Twitter, at Dearest Scooter. And if you have any questions, you can let me know on Twitter or feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. I think that's it for the uh, official mishmash of stuff. Now I have two thank yous to send out. One is to Deanna or Diana. Deanna, Diana. I'm not sure if there's any other pronunciations. I think you're from the UK. And you put a nice comment on our... when. Thank you for your nice comment on our blog, and I'm glad this podcast. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast, and it's uh, helping you keep keep your mind off of anything, anything that's worrying you or keeping you down. So thank you, Deanna, Diana. Again, I'm terrible with pronunciation and names, and let me butcher another name: Clara, 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 Clara. One of those, in right outside of somewhere outside of Lisbon, Portugal. Thank you. She she you she put up a bo- blog post about the podcast, and I'm gonna be com- I tried to comment on the blog post, but I don't speak Portuguese, and for some reason, it was like I I lost the whole comment. So don't worry. Probably by the time you're listening, hopefully I'll have something on your blog. But thank you so much for mentioning us on your blog post, and hopefully, this podcast is helping you or. You don't like the podcast, and you're just saying it Portuguese. But I think you like it, and I'm glad you do, and I'm glad it helps you sleep or bores you or whatever. And I will put a link to your blog in our show notes. So thank you, Clara, 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 Diana, and Diana for being so wonderful. And, I, you know, I, I'm, it's, uh, I record a lot of these episodes in the evening after a day of work and stuff. And I was really looking forward to recording tonight's podcast because I'm, like, beat. And I had a long day. But it's, it's weird, like, because I can feel, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I was really looking forward to spending some time with you guys. Even though you're not here with me, you'll be listening to this podcast three, four days from now. I don't know. I'm feeling something. And, I, and I'm, like, the most unfeeling person in the world. Or what, well, yeah, well, that's a big claim, but you know, 
I don't know. So thank you for listening to this podcast and, and participating with me because I'm also someone that doesn't normally look forward to stuff and I'm kind of a perfectionist. I'm like, oh man, it's bad. But, you know, normally it's counter one of those counterintuitive things. Like normally the podcast, sometimes the podcast is a lot of work and it seems like work, but tonight I was beaten and said I had me on like, oh God, I got to record that podcast for those Nut jobs that can't sleep. I was like, man, I can't wait to record that podcast. Just heard from Deanna, Diana, Clara, Clara, and Clara. So thank you for those of you that do give me feedback. And for those of you that just listen, I, I mean, don't, you don't have to give me feedback if you don't want or if you whatever. Thank you for listening even. I can feel something from you. I'm not kidding. And this is from a person who has a Grinch like Hart, the Grinch before Christmas, before he stole Christmas. So thank you, all of you again. I think I said thank you, but I don't think I can say it enough. I really appreciate every single one of you that listens to this podcast. And I hope from the bottom of my heart that 70 size is too small that it is helping you sleep or that you're just enjoying it and it's making your day go a little bit better. And I don't mean to get all, whoa, I'm going on the emotion train here or... But I saw someone on the train today coming home from work, and they were visibly upset. They weren't crying. But you know when you can see someone in there in some kind of emotional pain? And I, I didn't feel like it was appropriate to just say say to this woman, like, hey, I wish I knew what to say, you know? And to to just, like, be like, wow, I see you suffering. I kind of tried to send out some zen-like buddhist type thing to her vibration wise but it was like oh i wish i knew how to break the ice here but something about being able to come back home i mean maybe that's why i was looking forward to doing the podcast and i know everyone you see people you, you, you see that look on their face like and then of course my imagination starts going did she you know what happened was it just an immediate traumatic event or bad news or breakup should I move in? <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, so, but then I have the opportunity to come here and send out something because maybe one or two of you are in that kind of pain or something similar. I mean, because I know I was when I couldn't sleep. It was crippling emotional pain. So I don't know. That, I mean, that's what I mean when I say thank you is that, it, it, again, counterintuitive, paradox, and I'm not sure. You guys are a lot smarter than me, but it's like one of those things, and I, not, I never bought into this, and I'm not saying I'm helping you in some, woo, I'm just, but wow, this symbiotic thing, this synergy we have going, whatever it is, uh, it's great. So thanks. And now I've had another, I'm trying to get, I was really on a track there to have a short intro, but let's get to the show. Thanks. We're back with another episode of Get This Us, the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny's escape from purgatory and return to Earth in a quest for vengeance against Jeff Bezos, internet entrepreneur and founder of Amazon.com. Older episodes can be found on our website at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash getbesos, G-E-T-B-E-S-O-S, because this is all fictional, but historical fan fiction. When we last left off, Richard Warren Sears had just been through this whole Bright's disease drama with 
someone on a hell, a subway in hell, that apparently was his son, I forgot his, Wesley, son Wesley, that's how much, that's how much I'm listening to RW's problems, what was your son's name again, Wesley, uh, so his son was suffering from Bright's disease, and he tried to save him, and then Gorbelly showed up. So let's see what's going on right now, somewhere in hell or somewhere else that's like hell or whatever. Another episode of Get Vessels. Hiya! As we open up tonight's episode, James Cash Penny is standing in the entrance of the room with the neon and the chrome and all that that contained the the power switch on and off and the alarm on and off. But the tower, that, or as I pictured in my head, a tower or a pillar with, you know, switch on one side for the power and the switch on the other side for the alarm and the beeping and the swirling lights, it's smoldering because it's been smashed. The control panel's been destroyed. James Cashpenny's just looking at it. And what R.W. didn't notice was on the back wall, or at least he didn't tell us about this, is a, a clock. Probably one of those cool clocks that you see I don't know what kind of filament or element clock counting down, almost like a digital analog combo counting down. And it's got, I don't know, 12 minutes left on it, let's say, which is counting down. And James is kind of picking through the smoldering rubble, trying to connect wires. I mean, he's not definitely no electrician, but... He tries to stick wires together, and he's just like, jeez, man. He's beside himself. Now, you might be asking, whoa, how'd we get here, man? Last we left off, James had just been said good day to the, the giants and the uh, the stag men, whatever they were called. Chiron, I think, was one of them. I don't know what the stag men called. I don't think of it at some point. Horse men that are horses. But with the horsemen. Yeah, stagmen, I called them. And that was right the first time. But I don't know what the Greeks called them or the Romans at this moment. But so you might be wondering, how did James get here? And it's a good question. But, you know, I got an answer. I just wanted to do a, like a little nonlinear action to spice it up. Spice up our romance, you know? Instead of just doing it. In order, I decided to do it out of order. But it's also because a lot of stuff happened, and we got to kind of get through it because otherwise this will drag on forever. And that might be great for you because it's helping you sleep, but at some time, just like this relationship metaphor, it's gonna you're going to get tired of this James Cash Penny. Well, maybe not. I mean, he seems like a suave guy heroic. He's got a lot of good qualities, not a lot of bad. I'd say, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying there's going to be a Get Bessos movie, but maybe Bradley Cooper? I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. 
But James is great. But so how did he get here is, is what you're asking. Why are you talking nonsense? How did he get here? He went through this whole thing because he took the, the long way, the gloom. Remember, there was a, a path and R.W. took the short way. It said short way doom, long way gloom. So James got there, and believe it or not, he was like, thought it was a trick sign, which it may have been. I don't know how, the, I mean, it's hell. So he takes the long way doom, gloom, gets a, get, gets in there, and then it starts being a long way. He's just walking and walking. He's like, you know what, forget this, I'm going back. I'm going to take the short way, the doom way, instead of this gloom, because he was feeling gloomy. He's like, how long am I going to be walking? Like, can you imagine I'm supposed to be the hero of the story or the hero of my story? He's probably saying to himself, or, well, I'm no hero, but maybe heroes don't even think like that. Maybe he's just like, I gotta, I'm gotta, i in a hurry here. And if I got to just be walking through miles of tunnel, hell's going to get nuked. And R.W. might be lose his life. And I got to save the world. And, you know, plus I don't, I don't want to just get nuked out of existence. And who knows... There's also probably a fear factor. I mean, I'm using the word nuke. Clearly, heaven's not going to be using nuclear weapons. They've got something much more powerful, be it fire and brimstone from the old days, but probably something more modern. You know, would they send... I mean, they wouldn't even need nanobots. I mean, I guess they could just send down, like, one of those archangels with some flaming sword, the archangel... Whatever, it's not important. So James takes the gloom, gets gloomy, goes back, turns out the door closed behind him, and he, I, and he didn't even know there was a door, so he can't even, he, he, like he, the door closed, I don't know, he couldn't get there, so then he goes across the threshold again, goes back into the doom, or the gloom, excuse me, get confused, goes all the way back, 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 retraces the steps, on top of all this gloomy walking, then he ends up in this giant dark cave, and it's pitch dark in there, and he's wandering around. He feels lost, and it's like the night's descended on him, and he loses all—I mean, this is really fast stuff. Both—I'm going to make it fast, but also, you know, time, time seems non-linear, <laughs> sped up or something. So he's in this cave, loses all hope, regains hope, loses—you know— finds him have I descended into darkness this whole like his soul like almost like the dark knights it's descended on his soul and you know finds a spark of hope inside him as soon as he does boom finds a way out of that that cave belly like cave like almost like a belly of a whale but we already have a belly of a whale in this story so not a belly of a whale and all of a sudden the cave turns in it kind of turns into this road, a, a tunnel road, I guess, maybe for them to move freight through hell, whatever. It's empty, but then James starts running into all these trials and travails, mostly centered around the golden rule and meeting people that didn't think James treated him with the golden rule or people putting him in golden rule positions to try to throw him off his his bigger task. And he's trying to say, you know, well, like an old woman's trying to cross the road with a bunch of ducks, and and she's afraid that the truck's gonna come, and he's trying to tell her there's no truck, 
And he's like, you're buying time for hell. You know, those those type of trails. Trials? Trials? Travails? Whatever. It was a road of literal tra- trials. And he's, tr- he's, he's like wondering if he should give up. How long is this going to make and even complete my mission? Finally gets through that, this road. Next thing you know, he goes into this weird, another cave where he runs into this woman. Feels like he's in a dream. And then the woman turns out to be his mother. And she's she's like, oh, James, you know, why? why? You know, giving us whole nine yards. And his mom's like, oh, we should stop this journey and this whole nonsense. And why, fr- you know, this your friend is no good. And giving him, you know, the guy I told you. And then she's like, he's like, mom, that has a different friend. And why, you know, why would you try to help? You can't help everyone, James. Oh, my boy. Why are you always trying to help everybody? Why can't you listen to your mother? Don't don't you love your mother? Why you know again with the like bad guy and you, you everything was just fine in purgatory. Why'd you have to go and mess it up? And when you you, you were gonna get married and not tell me? Oh well, you know he's like, oh mama. She's like, oh no, just come with your mother. Just come with. And you know he he's he says uh he's like this has got to be. I'm losing my mind. He says, mom, I love you. You know, you're the best. Oh, I'll just from now on, Mom. I'm gonna listen to you from 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 this point on, Mom. I swear, I'm gonna do everything by your book. And feel, oh, let's say I can rest now. Boom. And then he goes into the next room. His dad's there. He's like, "What is this?" They start to wonder if he re-died, and this is some sort of thingamajig, or what kind of journey? What is this journey I'm on? It's not making any sense. This is a whole, you know, I got more to do. This is just supposed to be this one tiny part. See, obviously, this is why I skipped it and just went to head to the the thing, right? But I'm trying to get you to sleep anyway, so I might as well tell you all this nonsense. And so his dad is like, oh, his dad's all mad at him. And he's like, he's like, I got a lot of stuff on my mind about you, 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 you know, son of a, you know. He said something degrading. Son, son of a preacher. So I don't even, but they, they get in. They, well, they don't get into it. He's just yelling at James. And James like, okay, Father, Pop, what, what were you most mad about? Oh, remember I used to make that, uh, that uh, dollhouses. I love to make the dollhouses. And and uh, he goes, you made one dollhouse. Well, I don't matter. And he said, you smash that thing up. He said, I built it and you smash it. I didn't even give it to anybody. And James said, you know what? You're right. You're right. There was a lot of times in my life where I was careless and lacking in empathy. And you know, even when I, t- this was pre-Golden Rule, before I became obsessed with the Golden Rule. But you're right, you know, I was not thinking about how other people would feel. And he goes, be honest, Father, I never even thought about how you would feel. Or, you know, now thinking about all the work you put in that doll. What, why were you making a dollhouse? Don't ask me why I'm making a dollhouse. You're the one who wrecked it. You wrecked my spirit. And, yeah, and James like, you know, wow, Papa, like, I should have thought of it from your perspective, how much love and care and time you put in this tree house. And I was wrong. And, I should have respected you, and I should have learned from you. I should have learned from your mistakes. But oh, you said I made him say, "What?" And I go, "I'm, I'm a, I'm so sorry. I'm so, you know, can you forgive me? 
can, 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 I was wrong, totally wrong. And I need your forgiveness. I need, what can I do to atone for this with you, Father? Atone for this trashing of the dollhouse and the other nonsense. Well, well you know, because I could see why it makes sense you're mad at me. And no one really thought about it from your perspective. You just built the dollhouse and this kid trashes it. You know, what a, what a bummer, huh? Oh, yeah, it was a bummer. It made it hurt me. I thought you, did you do it on, I didn't even do it on purpose, but I could see why you'd feel that, like, that was smashing you, trying to get back at you for being a bad dad. But that's not true, Dad. I was just, like, bored. And I saw it, and I said, yeah, and what happened was I dove onto it. Like, I pretended I was a giant. I was playing. I was just lost in my play. I wasn't thinking about anybody but being this giant smashing this house. And now that it's weird because I was this mean, bad giant. I've met giants, and now I know they're, well, they're in the hell. So probably... Probably got not the best idea of a giant, but so maybe, but uh, yeah, smashed it dead. So I could see why that, I can totally, you know, can you forgive me? I think I can, and I really feel relieved by this whole thing, like you understood my pain. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of like what I learned from the Golden Rule and from a lot of other horrible mistakes I've made, including in the past, post-death mistakes that I continue to make. But all right, but I got it, I got it, you know. I've, I've, I've made, I'm sorry, I hope I run, we cross paths again, but i got to keep moving here. And then James, boom, done with his father. There's a couple other things that happened, but they were kind of not as just dull stuff. I think at some point he had a boon, like some sort of supernatural weapon, but then he, or maybe he didn't. He did have that supernatural glustinate stuff, so, you know, I don't know. So he he gets he gets through all that, done with his father, and that's where we we're, we're back where we started, we're back to the linear thing, missionary position, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, and James is in this room, with this broken console, to shut off the alarm to hell, and he's like, man, I'm not gonna be able to shut off, I'm not gonna be able to turn the power back on. What don't we oh man he says all right James just been through a lot today or whatever yesterday and today I don't know take a breath remember what that uh wise man told you and that we met in the tunnel that we didn't talk about but you know, he said just concentrate on your belly breathing or whatever it was and James says, okay. Oh, my belly. He's like, wow, my belly actually does. Oh, my belly does move. I never noticed that. Yeah. I breathe. Felt like a little balloon there. Oh, now I feel a lot better. Look around the room here. Wait a second. What is that? It's that trail of something. Weird. It's like tears. Water droplets. Yeah, that's a trail of tears. Not a metaphorical one. Like, those are actual tree tales. Tree tear trails. Terry makes tear trails with tea ten times today. 
So, yeah, let me follow these tear trails. Let me follow these tear trails. Let me go. James starts following these tear trails. Meanwhile, the countdown. Now, the countdown hasn't moved since, I mean, it's maybe moved a minute. Since, because while we're doing that whole flashback thing. So James follows, okay, this trail goes down through this door. Down this, okay. And James starts jogging. He's following this tear. Who could have left these tear trails? Trail of tears is. So I recognize this. These are, these are, uh, those are, there's Sears, Sears loafers, penny loafer tracks. And James picks up his pace. He's running. And then he runs. I mean, he doesn't literally run into a, a stone, giant stone wall, but. The trail does. And clearly, it like just ends at the wall. So, so now, Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, maybe he didn't see the tear, tra- that uh, someone was leaving a trail of tears. Maybe R.W. didn't leave it. Maybe his son was crying. And, and actually, that might make more sense. Um, let me picture it in my head. Like R.W., let me try to put my... Do a little empathy for R.W. R.W. maybe was squeezing his son's kidney. Because it's like, what am I going to leave as a trail for James? Because he didn't have um, candy or popcorn or stones or bread. Hansel and Gretel, the original leaving a trail in the forest team. So maybe he's just squeezing his son's kidney so his son would cry. And actually... I'm not sure what causes. I don't even think Bright's disease is a real disease anymore. That it's more of a was a catch-all word for stuff back then. But maybe he's squeezing his son's kidneys, and maybe it's a kidney problem. And like, so not only is his son crying, but some of the this is kind of it's not graphic because they're dead. So I mean, if you're thinking it's graphic, it's because you're thinking of human beings. But so maybe like some sort of, it's crystallizing the tears too. Whatever would cause um, kidney stones could get into the tear ducts. Trust me on this one. If, uh, I was a hepatometrist. Hepa, so. so yeah, that's if, you, if you're like some sort of um, expert on how stuff happens in movies, whatever you call that, a gotcha person. Don't got me. I got you. See, that's where the trail of tears. But... The point was I got distracted is that ends at this wall. Now, Gorbelli might not have seen that trail of tears, but he's like, oh, well, we're going through this wall somehow. And, you know, Gorbelli's pretty sharp, so he's like, no one's going to follow me. Now, what Gorbelli probably might not have known if he slipped up, or one of his slip-ups, is that, uh, I mean, this is clearly some sort of secret passage. At some point, James Cashpenny... He became one of those people that was obsessed with secret passages, much like general child fantasy or male fantasy. Again, you guys got to let me know, like the lava fantasy I was talking about. But is that a male thing or a child thing? Like love of, like dreaming of owning a house with secret passages, you know, moving bookcases and all that. So James is like that, but as an adult. And then even when he died, uh, like a, one of his hobbies post-death um, was keeping up on, like, 
who see like Winchester Mystery House, people like that that have multiple safe safe rooms. I think there was that movie with uh, Jodie Foster and Forrest Whitaker, or were there two separate movies about rooms with safe houses? And I think there was a movie that came out last summer with uh, Ethan Hawke. Maybe does that sound right? Is Ethan Hawke a person? Uh, this is the brain we're, you're dealing with here, but uh, is that Ethan Hawke? I don't know. James Cash Penny loves secret passages and secret buttons and hidden puzzle, like puzzle boxes, hiding stuff in books. And, and if you worked for Sears, I mean, <laughs> Sears, if you worked for James Cash Penny directly, you would know, like, he was constantly, like, joking around and putting stuff in canes and putting stuff in the legs of desks. And and so Gorbelli could not have predicted that the one time he goes through a secret door, the guy he leaves behind is, like, a secret door fanatic. So James gets to this thing, and he's like, oh, this has got to be some secret door, probably giant. And he starts, like, wondering... You know, he stands back and he's like, "Okay, I'm dealing with Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, so this has got to have some trap. This has got to be booby trapped, and it's got to have like a multi-stage activation, and probably some verification or code word or a secret, you know, punching like Goonies. We're in advanced Goonies territory. One-eyed Willie. I mean, think about all that stuff that One-eyed Willie put in to protect his gold." talking about Hans Zimmer Gorbelli but Hans Zimmer Gorbelli has met a ne- I mean his Hans Zimmer Gorbelli's secret passage met its nemesis so again we don't need to go into all the details and it, I don't know why I'm, I'm distracted a little bit I'm like man this maybe is like a Dungeons and Dragons scenario like where James would be like the thief where he has like the power to deactivate traps so James starts deactivating and he's moving rocks and and whatever you know turning rocks and most of it involves rocks and realigning rocks and pushing rocks and pulling rocks and sticking his hand in rocks and he's really having the time of his life and he's doing like a running commentary because at this point he's aware that you know there's impending doom coming that he's like down to eight seven six minutes and then he's almost finished. Like, he's got this lock figured out. He's got to, he's just got to hit this one more. It's like a twister situation where he's got to get one with his elbow and one with his toe. These two rocks at the same time. But if he does that, then he knows this door is going to open. It's going to be pretty big. And then he's like, wait a second. He's like running this, like, Olympic commentary, like, with the the, the stag men and the, the giants and stuff. He's like, wait a second. It's most people are going to get nuked by heaven. And he starts thinking about all the people he met in hell that weren't so bad, like got the skiff, play glass, and his girlfriend, and the other, the Furies, that guy that liked Who's the Boss, Medusa, the Minotaur, the gambling Minotaur. And he's like, man, this, something about him. And it goes beyond like uh, a, a, a 
normal morality, but he's kind of like, man, is this wrong? I know these people are in hell, but and he's James Cashpenny. I couldn't put myself in his shoes to try to make this decision, but he turns back and he runs back through the the thing. This time he goes, takes a short, short, um, doom train, and end up there's a train going the other direction. He hops on the train. He runs back. He runs back up to that level of hell. He tells the horsemen and the giants and all those people they got to come with him. Like, what do you mean? He's like, hell's. He's like, we literally got like four minutes until hell is gone. And he's like, you guys send some people up and get the people that like having sex with in Glustony. He's like, I met some you know people that have sex with Kate. He goes get everybody. And somehow, again, you're used to some sort of. Time's elastic in hell. Okay, let's just put it. Let's put it simply. But you still got to move. It's not, you know, frozen. But so, uh, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. But James Cashpenny runs through hell with the giants. And he's riding one of the Chiron with the human feet and the horse feet, and kind of he's like the Paul Revere of hell come on everybody everybody out of hell hey you sullen and uh, wrathful get out of that river stop fighting and believe it or not maybe it's the powers out in hell maybe it's that these people have retained some sort of consciousness of their past lives or their current life in hell and they don't want to like like they don't want to lose it that i mean Common sense would say, just wipe me out if I'm going to be in hell. And maybe there's like a hell fatigue we've kind of touched on a little bit of like, well, I'm been in hell so long. It's like, eh, whatever it is, they're like, this guy, I'm following him. This guy's taking me out of hell. And it's kind of like a mass exodus. Very, and because of the giants, probably. That are like, they love James. I mean, they loved RW, but James is like, James Cashpenny. He's the cash man. uh, Anybody that would even think about raising an objection or stepping out of line, I mean, they got a giant to deal with. And again, we didn't get into the giants, but there's like a giant with a thousand hands. If if a giant with a thousand hands comes, even if you see that, it's going to boggle your mind. And you're going to stop acting acting out so james gets everybody down there and the giants are making space and and it's kind of like this noah's ark or well i don't know if it's a noah's ark type situation but they they take the james kind of giving the giants direction so the giants are blasting through walls finally get they get down to the level of hell where the power, they go past the power thing, and that's still down. Then they got like about, they got enough time, 90 seconds in Earth time. Hell time, that's time for every resident of hell. That was paying attention. Now, whew, if you're one of the people in like a flaming tomb or with your head stuck deep in the sand and no one tapped you on the shoulder, you're probably still up there in hell. Like what if you were one of, I'm, I'm not sure what's, uh, Vice or sin or whatever it is that you have to stick your head in the ground for eternity. Probably leering. 
yeah leers lecherous i don't know if i think they might have to stick their head in the ground and probably look at stuff they probably some bad stuff happens to your eyeballs when you're down there but can you imagine that you no one tapped you on like what if you were like that's when you're supposed to be nice to your neighbor even if your situation is bad like the people that were courteous to their neighbor when they were in the leering hell it's like hey buddy no one tapped you on the shoulder come on hell's about to get nuked and then there's one guy that was like rude to everybody he's he's still sitting there and then i'm pretty sure there's like a flaming tombs i'm not sure i'm not sure again like a lot of this is like dante alighieri territory that guy i mean simony i'm not even sure I think that's like selling religious favors i don't know what has a flaming tomb but if you're in a flaming tomb it's probably hard to hear because if you're already in a tomb most tombs i assume are made out of some sort of sandstone or concrete marble type thing and then it's flaming so you already have something that's pretty fairly soundproof and that's and if, if it's burning like an eternal flame you don't have to ask uh the Bengals, who's who's the lead singer of the Bengals, but Susanna Hoffs, Susanna Hoff, what you know, if it's burning an eternal flame, it's gonna be pretty freaking loud. So, yeah, those people might not have got out, all of them. I mean, but majority of hell got out, and wow, good idea or bad idea, James Cash Penny? I don't know. This is where he's like. I don't know, but he's got everybody down there, and then it's his time to shine because everyone's like, whoa, what do you mean, man? You brought us this big door. And like, we see the trail of tears, like, and then they're like, are you – and then start, people start getting getting agitated. Like, did you bring us down here? Is this you messing with us, huh? You're messing with us? This is a new kind of hell, which would be pretty creative from Mr. Hell's point. James is like, no, no, it's my time to shine, man. Check me out. He starts deactivating this door. And then right as he's doing it, it's counting down in the other room. Bop, bop, bop. And then James opens the door. And everybody streams through this. And the door happens to be giant. So, and, you know, all these giants and all these people, sinners are horrible. I mean, all these people are streaming through. James gets everybody through, him and the Giants, and the Giants are shoving people and throwing people, and and they get through, and they come into this giant canyon, and uh, then James James gets everybody through, everybody through, everybody through, and then they're all gathered around in this, this giant canyon, and then the, he gets, you know, gets the door shut. And the door, I mean, it was like a giant rock door, I don't know if there's metal. I'm not sure. I don't have, you know, Gorbelli's really covered his tracks. So on the notes I have, it doesn't say whether Gorbelli. I'm not sure if he's using magic or just ingenuity. But whatever, the door gets closed and you can't hear anything on the other side. So then they're like, everybody's kind of nervous and some people are holding each other. Believe it or not, some of the wrathful and some of the sullen are holding each other. Some of the wrathful and some of the wrathful are holding each other. Some of the sullen and some of the sullen are just standing next to each other. Like, eh, never liked you. 
I'm not holding anybody. Nobody's holding me. But you got like a lot of uh, bonding going on, and especially on that like eighth level of hell or whatever it was seven, where all the people were overjoyed, and then people start spreading the word. They're like, wait a second, you were. And then that one guy's asking about who, who's the boss, and maybe even I, I'm not. A, I don't have a who's the boss database in my head, but uh, he does. So he might even have a who's the boss episode that fits this. Like, remember the time the house started on fire and Tony ever got everybody out, but then. Jonathan had to go back in for his teddy bear, and then he realized that there was a whole other family living in the basement or something, or I don't know. And then Jonathan saved everybody, and then Tony saved Jonathan, and then Mona came home drunk. Remember that? This is just like that. I don't think that was an actual episode, but I mean, I guess it could have been. Probably, probably was. Maybe Sam was as a daughter. Uh, not important. So he gets everybody gets everybody's out of hell. They don't know if hell's blown up or not because they got that door closed. They're in a secluded part of this giant canyon, so they can't see around the end. But they're hidden. Trail of Tears goes on to the past the corner of the canyon. They can't. Um, see past and James just says like okay everybody calm down you know we're obviously it's a good thing about getting people out of hell is that you guys don't need any water and you don't need any food you know and the people are, and you know I don't want to hear one single complaint out of any of you because not only did I get you out of hell which probably isn't the best idea but I got these giants so people are pretty peaceful and to be honest to be honest, why am I saying to be honest? P- people are exhausted. I mean, just being in hell, probably if you were to ever get out of hell, the first thing you'd do is lie down and get us some snoozing. Because being suffering, whether deserved or undeserved, is, is, is tiring. So a lot of people start conking out. And that gives James some time to just sit back and contemplate what he's going to do next. But mostly he's contemplating this whole belly breathing or he's not even belly breathing he's just observing that can you tell this is something I'm obsessed with lately it's like yeah it's like this little interesting James and James just focused on that kind of like a mindfulness technique I'm not worried about how, how this is James Cashpenny thinking but he's not worried about how much he's breathing what type of breathing any kind of magical just kind of observing that plastic bag or whatever it is. How it feels to have that thing. Wow, I never. He's like, oh, and he's knocking his his little abdomen. Hey, is there somebody in there? He's joking around, and then one of the giants come. He's explaining the giants, and giants have lungs. Giants are semi-mammalian. Um, I mean, I know they're fostered from giants or from gods and titans. Oh, man, did we forget about getting the titans out or did James get them out and I just can't see them? I don't know. I mean, this is probably the best place to stop because contemplating belly breathing and... Yeah, it's just like a... I guess I'm, you know... 
James kind of teaching the Giants how to not belly breathe. That's like something like a, someone that's – that would be what a guru would say if I was a guru. Be like, okay, now let's finish up this episode with a few uh, deep belly breaths. I think I have done that. Uh, let's just observe. Let's bring our attention. And, and But seriously, this is an interesting thing to pay attention. Just learned it yesterday, even though I could have learned it at any point in my entire life. But for me, it feels like there's like a little Ziploc bag there that's filling up with air. Never noticed it, seriously, until yesterday when uh, I was trying to wrap my head around something and I read about it. I said, hey, you can either pay attention to the air flowing in through your nose. My nose is always stuffed. <laughs> Not always stuffed. 60, 50%. Another thing my parents, another ailment my parents never believed I had. My, my, my nose is stuffed. Nah, it's, you're just that. You just want attention. I got insomnia. Nah, nah, nah. You just want attention. You guys have heard that before, huh? Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, atone, I'm going to have some atonement with father and mother soon. But, uh, or you could, so you could pay attention to that. That's one way of breathing you could pay, be more mindful of, but I can't because I don't do a whole lot of breathing through the nose or you can pay attention to the rising and falling of your abdomen which I have been so yeah let's just pay attention to that let's drift off into sleep if you just want to pay attention to that or not or you could just kind of another thing this is some thunder going on and in the canyon of hell here uh just pay attention to maybe you could start maybe you could do me a favor see if the titans are tucked away anywhere i don't really have a, a description of the titans but hopefully they're not clashing with anyone or you could just get an idea of like how many persons we're dealing with in hell um okay good night